Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. And welcome, friends, to our second episode of Season 5. We're so glad you're here. Yes, we are. I'm going to have to get used to saying Season 5 because I have I almost said Season 4. Every time? Every <laughs> single time we've recorded. But it's Season 5. It and is. And we have officially been doing this for two years now. That's so crazy. Just nuts. It is. Okay, a couple of quick reminders. Um, We talked last week in the premiere about our new uh, release schedule. So if you ha- want all the gory details, if you haven't heard of you can go back and listen to that. But... Quick reminder, there will not be a couch cast this week. Uh, there will be one next week, and it will be the guy's version of that. So you definitely want to check that out. And like I said, there's more details of what we're going to be doing in last week's episode, so you can go back and listen to the first few minutes of that if you want to hear it. But just a quick reminder. Yes, and we'll still be doing our normal episodes every week, so don't freak oh, out. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they've actually gotten longer, which y'all seem to like, and mm-hmm. it gives us more to say in our bigger episodes when we're not also having to record as many couch casts i think it's going to be good overall i think think it's going to be really great for everyone yes and also don't forget we talked about this in the last uh, episode intro too but we have started a newsletter that we are releasing every thursday it's going to give you guys a recap of what our topic is for that week and our main episode it's going to tease what's coming up the next week we're going to give you extra resources surrounding that week's topic so blog posts articles podcasts things like that and then we'll also give you some links to other dating and out, even outside of dating resources that Bethany and I are currently enjoying. So whether that's sermon series, books, Bible studies, whatever, we want to give you guys as much as we can to help you in your own dating slash singleness slash yes. walking with the Lord journey. So if you haven't subscribed to that, you can go to our website. There's a newsletter tab at the top, lookingforthemiddle.com. Click on that newsletter tab and you can subscribe there and as always if you're not following us on social media shame on you you should go do that (laughs) right now or if you're driving when you're not driving anymore you can find us on (laughs) facebook at looking for the middle podcast or on instagram where we are most active at lftm underscore podcast wonderful all right bethany what's our question of the day i am i think so what is your favorite candy my favorite candy Mm -hmm. My favorite candy is, oh, okay, I have a favorite sweet and a favorite sour. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay, so my favorite sweet candy is Reese's Cups. Okay. Always has been, always will be. <laughs> and my favorite sour candy are uh, sour gummy worms. Ooh, okay. I normally get those in my stocking every year oh, for that's Christmas. fun. So those are so addicting, and I normally eat the whole bag in about a day and a half. So <laughs> I'm not a huge candy person though see i'm not either that's um, why i was like oh that's fun candy or cookies see i love cookies yeah see i'm not a like good chocolate chip or oatmeal raisin every now and then but yeah. i am a ice cream or tiramisu girl <laughs> through and through uh but yes reese's and gummy yeah. worms what Those about are you good. yeah i was gonna yeah i'm not a big candy person i don't that's never my go-to. Mm-hmm. If I want something sweet, I'm never like, oh, I really want candy. But my absolute favorite are peanut M&Ms. That's mm. like my go-to movie snack. Great choice. I love them. So when we had our uh, small group 
that we have braked, but not that's not a word, but you know what I mean. We've taken a break from. Um, that was like a given. We had to have peanut M&Ms at every single small that's group hilarious. meeting. So it was like we would all circle up in Elaine's living room and there would be a jar right and on the coffee awesome. table. And like we have Jesus and we have peanut M&Ms and we are good to go. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay. Okay. Y'all ready to jump in to this episode? So we are talking today about dating for the beginner. And this, was this the one that it came down to between? No, it wasn't. It was the open letter to the church from single people. We're doing that one eventually. But dating for the beginner barely lost its match It almost advanced in our, if y'all know what we're talking about, we put like eight episode topics probably on our Instagram stories for people to vote between and kind of did it basketball tournament march madness style so we went from eight to four to two and last week's topic was the winner so it was our season premiere this one was this one was up there though i think it was like third or fourth probably um but we had a lot of people get really excited about this one so we are and we've had a lot of high schoolers start reaching out to us i'd say within the past what six months or so uh, which is amazing that y'all are listening yeah you're in high school and you're listening thanks for being here and but we also know we have a lot of listeners who are just starting out dating and they're not in high school. They're in college or they're out of college. And it looks so different depending on which season you're in. So we wanted to do an episode that encompassed all of that and talk about dating for the beginner, regardless of what stage mm-hmm. of life you're in. And the way we kind of went about it was this is what we're going to tell y'all in this episode are the things that we would go back and tell ourselves when we were first dating. Yes. And Bethany and I both started dating at different points in our Mm -hmm. life. So we've kind of got somewhat of a representation here of who we're talking to, but whether you are starting to date when you're a sophomore in high school, a college student, five years out of college or in your thirties, this will be information that you can take and apply it to wherever you're at. Yep. So we're going to, give you some initial like steps of things like that you can do. Yeah. And then we'll break those down into if you're in high school, here's how you apply this or here's what we wish we had known college and post-college. Yes. So let's jump in. Like Kristen said, this is our step-by-step guide. So the first step to dating for the beginner, regardless of when this is, is realize that no one knows as much about dating as you think they do including the guy you're dating. <laughs> so there's a twofold thing here. One, like he, he doesn't know as much as you think he does. So have some grace there because we all have these built up expectations. But two, realize he doesn't know as much and no one else does. So they're not judging you. And, you know, we sit here and talk about dating all the time. But when it comes down to it, we're like, I don't know what to do. It's really easy. I've determined to sit here and really think through third party objective situations and give advice. And, but when you're in it, it's totally different. Um, and so I, I was talking to a guy not too, too long ago who, um, when I told him, you know, I did this podcast, which that's a fun thing to try to tell a guy. Oh yeah. By the way, I talk about dating and boys all the time, but don't worry. You won't be on it. anyway he when I told him what we talked about he was like oh he's like well that's that's really cool and he's like and a little intimidating and I was like don't worry there's no need to be intimidated he's like well the more I think about it it's kind of cool because that means at least one of us knows what they're doing and I was like what a great answer not really though so (laughs) 
I think that takes a huge pressure off that just realize no one, no one knows as much about this as they think they do. Uh, everyone's figuring out as they go. Every relationship is different. So you may be an expert at dating one guy and then you move on and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So take that pressure off of yourself to feel like you have to, well, I'm this age or I'm that age. So I should have these things figured out already. No, you shouldn't. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's a great point. Cause there is this pressure to feel like you've got to be good at this and you've got to know what you're doing. But even if you figure one guy out, chances are the next guy is going to be totally different. And I've felt really confident in some relationships I've been in. And then I've been in others. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea (laughs) what to do. And if y'all knew the number of times I call Bethany when I need to, especially when it comes to like first messages, whether it's online or like if I'm just talking to a guy, I'm like, what do I say? I don't know what to say. (laughs) It's so funny though, because you want that to be tailored to your personality. Yeah. Because half the time I'm like, okay, say this. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Bethany, I would never say that. She's like, you would say that. And I'm like, well, I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so personal and yes dating is a universal thing but it's such a personal experience at the same time so don't feel like you've got to have all the answers so step number two is don't feel the need to rush things whether that means you're trying to rush figuring how to date so you don't feel like a rookie anymore whether it means you're rushing like the physical aspect of relationship you feel like okay well We've held hands. Okay, well, now we need to kiss. And now we need to make out. Now we... And then it's like, nope, you don't have to rush that. You, In fact, don't. Yes, take your time. You know, the my pastor says... I will never forget this line. He said it a couple times. He's like, I have never heard of any couple saying, man, I wish we'd gotten physical faster. No. No one ever says that. A lot of people say, man, I wish we hadn't gotten so physical so quickly, but no one ever regrets being patient and waiting on that. So don't feel the need to rush into more physical aspects of the relationship. And piggybacking off of that, just because maybe you're dating someone who is, who has more dating experience and they try to tell you this is normal or other girls did this, or most girls don't take this long to be okay with this, whatever it is. Uh-uh. <laughs> Just no. That's the technical on that. term warning. Because, um, yeah, you were saying don't feel the need to rush it. In fact, I would say do not. And if someone is putting the pressure on you because whether they're purposefully taking advantage of your beginner status or not, that's not okay. And even if what they're pressuring you to do is something that you would be okay doing in your own time down the road, the fact that they're pressuring you to do it has become the issue in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other set of things that needs to be talked about. Um, aside from the, the physical part itself. So yeah, don't, don't rush it and don't let someone else tell you that it's quote unquote normal to do things differently. You listen to your conscience, you stick to the standards you have. And that's all I have to say about that. Absolutely. <laughs> that. We can't say that enough because if a guy really cares about you and likes you, even loves you, if you've gotten to that point, he's not going to pressure you to do that because he's going to care more about you than he does what he can get from you. Exactly. And if he's more focused on the latter, then that's when you need to walk away because 
love is not pressuring somebody and care is not pressuring somebody into doing something they're not comfortable with. And that goes across the board. Mm-hmm. And, but particularly when it comes to the physical aspect of your relationship, you, it, and not to like make you get ahead of yourself here, but let's say you end up with this guy, you have the rest of your life to do whatever the heck you want to do within your marriage. <laughs> that is very biblically clear of yes. what you can do there. Okay. So don't feel like, oh, well, if we, you know, if I don't start now or if I don't, you know, do what all the other girls did, then he's going to leave. Well, Let you, him. Yeah, fine. Then you want to be with somebody. Uh, we'll add to the saying here. You want to be with somebody who wants to be with you bad enough that they're willing to be patient and wait and be selfless in this and prioritize your convictions and your standards over what they want out of the relationship from a physical standpoint. Absolutely. So absolutely don't rush that and then the last thing i would say don't rush is don't feel the rush to get married this is specifically to um probably our college and post-college people and i thought about marriage a lot in high school but just christian women in general this is a this is something that is not rushed in a worldly setting that's a great point it is very i mean because why would there be a rush? Mm-hmm. There aren't the, like, there's nothing from a worldly standpoint that is different because you're married other than tax purposes. I hear, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I don't have any firsthand experience. I'm yeah. just saying for a Christian couple who is living in a God honoring way and you know, that they're maintaining their physical purity. They're waiting, you know, that it's a covenant. The, the world doesn't view it that way. And so there's not that rush. And so this is a pressure that I think for the most part, not a hundred percent, but for the most part is heightened. I would even go so far as to say in religious circles, because Mm. different religions have very different views on marriage and different things, but most religions push marriage. That's a great point. And so I think you may be feeling the pressure, but don't, don't settle, don't rush, don't whatever, because you might feel behind or whatever. Yeah, because I was actually reading, um, it was an article about the average age for marriage. It was talking about, the writer was theorizing that the divorce rates of like our parents' generation uh-huh. has affected our mm-hmm. desire to want to get married. And I totally believe that. I do too. And so across the board, like religion aside... In America, the average age, it's either 29 or 30 or 30 or and 31, depending mm-hmm. on what you're reading. So mm-hmm. 30 to 31 for guys, 29 to 30 for girls. If you look at that from a religious standpoint, particularly Christian, it's still early 20s. Mm. And so there's like a six to seven year Wow. Gap. I didn't know it was that drastic. Yeah. It's still, I want to say it's like. So it's like 22, 23, 24 maybe. For- for Christians, Christian. wow. I think, um, from what I was reading, yeah. at least, which you, you know, what you find on the internet, but this guy <laughs> seems like he'd done his, he had yeah. sources and footnotes and the whole shebang, but so yeah, it I was mean, a huge difference. And so when you find yourself in college, out of college, and you're not anywhere close to getting married, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm falling behind. I'm not, you know, yeah. doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, Karen at church is asking me when I'm supposed to be getting married. <laughs> But don't, don't let that pressure rush you into yeah. 
settling into something just for the sake of you saying you're married or you saying you have a husband, you know, really be patient Mm -hmm. here and patience is your friend. Absolutely. Okay. Step number three moving right along here is that there is not a mold for you to fit into in order to be successful dating. Just remember that dating is not a one size fits all kind of thing. The things you like to do with your boyfriend. And I mean like activities, places you like to go movies. You like to see, maybe you don't like going to movies. Maybe you like to go sit at coffee shops. I don't know. Whatever the things you like to do are going to be different. Your interests are different. The things you like to talk about are different. Um, The way you flirt is different. The interests you have are different. Personalities are different. There's not a one size fits all thing here. So just because I'm dating a guy and we are blissfully happy, but it looks completely different from Kristen and her boyfriend dating doesn't mean one's wrong. They're just different and that's okay. At the same time, you know, we get on here and we talk about, we'll do this and do that. And here's what we do and things that work for us and things that we like to do and how we do things, whether it's flirting or whatever, but you don't have to be just like us. Um, and so I don't want to, I don't want you to ever think that when it comes to preferential things, you have to do things exactly the way we do. If we're talking about biblical standards, then it's not that you have to do things the way we do. It's we're all doing things the way God says we should. But when it's preferential, we're just giving you ideas. We're putting out there, hey, these are things we like to do. These are things that work for us. These are things you can try. But if you try something else and it works better or you try something we do and it doesn't work, you're different and that's okay. Like you don't have to be just like us and we don't have it all figured out. So be okay with that. There's not a one size fits all thing here and that's a good thing to realize. Yeah. Well, and just like we were saying earlier, Bethany will tell me to say something to a guy and I'll be like, Bethany, that would sound so great coming from you, but this, this is not what I would normally say. And she'll be like, okay, well let's, and then she'll help me tailor it to how it would sound coming from me. So even between us, we don't yeah. do everything exactly the same, but our goal is to give y'all as many um, examples as we can and, You know, we're speaking only from our experience because that's what we know. But, you know, take that and apply it to you and your personality and your um, interests and your, you know, everything that you got going for you. And then, you know, go from there. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions in dating is that there's one way to do it right. And I'm not talking about like from a biblical standard perspective but just like the way you look at dating and the way it's portrayed in culture and movies and tv and everything and it's not it's all different and it's all going to be based on the two people in the relationship so again it's a personal thing so don't feel like oh if I don't fit this cookie cutter mold I'm this is going to be terrible it's not just (laughs) no just take it one day at a time Okay, so step number four. (laughs) I wish someone (laughs) would have told me this uh, a long time ago. And step number four is that it is okay to not be in a relationship all the time. Let me say that again for people in the back. It is okay to not be in a relationship all the time. Just because you can date doesn't mean you always have to be. So basically what we're saying is our dating advice for beginners is you don't have to date. <laughs> so that seems counterproductive. There you go. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, there's this feeling of when you're finally either you start dating when you're quote unquote allowed to date, if that's in high school or if you get your first boyfriend in college and then you break up, you're like, okay, well, 
I've got to find somebody else. No, it's okay for you to be by yourself for a while. In fact, I tell people after you get out, like, oh, not get over a breakup, but once you go through a breakup, take you a little bit of time. Rebounds never really turn out super well. No. So it's okay for you to be alone for a little bit. That may be a shorter period of time for some people. It may be a longer period of time for others, but having the freedom to date doesn't carry like the expectation that you should be dating constantly. I think it's healthy for you to take some time for yourself, for you to, you know, know what it's like to be on your own, to know that you're not totally um, dependent on a guy and a relationship status to validate you and your existence and your, you know, everything. So just don't succumb to that pressure, especially after your first relationship, you're going to feel like, okay, well, I I really, I liked that relationship. So I want to do that again, but uh, how long do I wait? And I just, I feel like I need to just put myself back out there and go like, give yourself a little time to, you know, heal, process it. And then, you know, if it happens, happens, but it's not this, okay, one's done. Now let me jump to the next one because there's this expectation that now that I have dated that I need to continue to do so constantly. Yes. I think that's something that I like we were talking about that pressure is there in Christian circles to hurry up and get married. And even if, even if your parents aren't specifically part of that pressure, I think this is one place where by saying nothing, they are a part of it. Even if, you know what I'm saying? Even Mm -hmm. if they're not like vocally part of the people saying hurry up and get married, unless they're saying, no, you don't have to hurry up. They are. And I don't mean it in a, bad way i'm just saying by saying nothing they are not i guess going against that pressure they're Mm -hmm. assenting by their silence yes and so i wish every mom would sit down with her daughter you know towards the end of college whatever and say hey i want you to find a man who loves you who loves the lord who will lead you well who values family and who is you know, values God's word and you have so much fun with, and you love spending time with and all these things. And if it takes you 10, 15 years to find him, so be it. Mm. That's all it takes. Like I wish, you know, more people do that because that is not the message that is given. And it's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Mm -hmm. And you do, you feel like, okay, well that one didn't work out. Um, And so people are like, okay, well on to the next one. And they mean it in a, comforting way of like you'll find someone like just don't worry about it move on but it's like okay i gotta hurry up and find someone and unless your church is just this constant turnover of single guys who want to date you which if it if is can you please yeah, let call us know us, we would please. love to come visit <laughs> <laughs> anyway um that's not gonna happen like there is a lot most of the time there's time between so but yeah don't don't give in to that pressure and don't add to it yourself. Don't think, oh, this is what everyone else is doing, so I must as well. You don't have to. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads right in. Step number five, our last one here is you will never regret sticking to your standards. Um, we just talked about standards and can they be too high and can you have too many and all of that stuff. But once you have narrowed down what your standards are, those hills that you will die on, those things that you will not budge on, you will never regret sticking to those. And 
as tempting as it is to say, this guy's really great. And most things, most of my non-negotiables he meets, maybe I could make a couple of them negotiable. As soon as you do that, you're settling. And so provided that list of non-negotiables is what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying you marry the guy and you're definitely going to get divorced and it's going to be miserable. I'm not saying that. But it will cause issues there will be issues there because those things that god requires of people are are the way they are because he knows that's what's best and so you won't regret when we talk about looking for god's best that's what we mean someone who is striving to be what god calls them to be and you should be as well and you won't regret waiting for that person absolutely the waiting may not be yeah pleasant all the time (laughs) but looking back you won't regret the wait yeah and i have said for years now, I want to be able to look my husband in the face one day, Lord willing, I have one, <laughs> and say, you were so worth the wait. Yep. And that means sticking to my standards. Yep. And exactly what Bethany said, you won't regret it. So figure out what those are. If you haven't, you can go listen to uh, the couch cast we just did a couple weeks ago. We've done a uh, non-negotiables versus preferences episode back in season three Three, and then in season one we did an episode called girls in their lists where we've talked about that as well so plenty of places for you to go and find more information on that so okay we've talked about our five steps so real quick let's break down some even more specific advice based on the different age groups we're looking at here so for starters let's talk to our high schoolers so you're in high school you're starting to date the things we want to tell you are number one, don't fall for the pretty words. And <laughs> your girl did this and it was not great. So all I mean by that is if you've heard the term sweet nothings, that's something our parents use. I had never heard that term till my mom used it. But basically a guy just tells you all the wonderful things you want to hear and you're so pretty and you're so great and we're going to get married one day. Not to say you won't, but all him saying all these really nice things to be really blunt talk is cheap so make sure he's like he's actually um acting in ways that back up his words does he treat you well in person or does he ignore you when his friends are around does he tease you in person in a not cute flirty way (laughs) and then talk sweet to you whenever no one else is around does he I don't know, fill in the blank here. You want the way he treats you to match what he's saying to you. And if it doesn't, then you've got a problem. So yes. just just because he says all the right things when y'all are texting after school <laughs> doesn't mean as much as you think it does. And I say that with the utmost love because I really, really wish someone had told me that because I put way too much stock into what the cute senior basketball player told me (laughs) when I was 16 that turned out not to really be um, as true as I had hoped it would. So that would be my first thing I would tell our high school friends. What would you say? I would say if you were in high school, pay attention to advice from people who know and love you well, AKA your parents know more than you think they do. (laughs) It's such a tough thing to admit Um, y'all. I get it. But yeah, whether it's, Sunday school teacher, youth group leader, parents, guidance counselor at school. I don't know. Like maybe it's a teacher that you're close with. Whatever. 
if they're saying this guy's awesome keep going take that into account if they're saying hey I don't know that this is a great guy. You've changed since you've been dating him. You don't seem the same. You, whatever, whatever. Pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. They, they know more than you think they do right now. <laughs> yeah. And even your like close friends that you really True. trust. Yeah. Because a lot of times they have even more access to seeing this guy and seeing you around That's this guy than, you know, the adults in your life do. So if you're and we say on here all the time, if one of your best friends comes to you with a tough conversation, you know, you can trust that they have thought it over and they have, they're probably a little worried how you're going to take it, but it's that important to them to tell you that they're willing to risk the awkwardness or the tension or whatever could come from it because they care about you that much. And so if a friend's willing to do that for you, really take to heart what they're saying. Um, and trust me you won't regret it because I mean in high school your friends are what are getting you through this like (laughs) your friends are so important in high school and so really take to heart what they tell you um another thing I will say it to our high school friends is don't expect to marry your high school boyfriend but don't date them like you won't marry them either yes and there's a this is a very big point because you may marry your high school sweetheart it happens okay but it may not so you don't want to just assume you're not going to and date whoever even though you know this guy may not really have anything you're looking for but he's really cute and he's really popular so you're going to date him well you may end up with him so you need to date him like oh if i married this guy would i be okay with that but Mm -hmm also keeping your expectations in check of hey this may not work out either so let me not get ahead of myself and when I am 14 start planning my wedding with this guy that will (laughs) happen in 10 years so just it's a it's kind of a tricky thing to figure out but once you do it's a I think it's a mindset you'll be able to keep as you continue dating through high school and just keep in mind and I know it's very, very hard when you're in high school to think very far outside of high school. That's something I really struggled with. You're very in your It's your whole world. Bubble. It is. All your friends, your teachers, your family, your sports, your church a lot of times even. It's all kind of wrapped up in like a 10 square mile radius. So it's very zoomed in. But if you think about the guy you're dating right now, you may marry him. You may not. But someone most likely will. And so think, okay, I want to treat this guy and I want to be in a relationship with this guy in a way that's going to be respectful to whoever he ends up with, whether it's me, whether it's somebody else, but really kind of as much as you can try to um, look at the bigger picture here a little bit and think, okay, there is life after high school. We're all going to go our separate ways. We're all going to, or some of us may stay together. We may all, we're all going to go to school or we're going to go work or we're going to go do X, Y, and Z. So what does that look like? And am I acting in a way now that's not going to sabotage anything that will come down the road? Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like it's your whole world, but Things you do now and decisions you make and actions you take will have ramifications past high school. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. And I think the last one I would tell high schoolers is this is where you set and 
become very set in your physical boundaries. Um, I think this is a place where lots of people are going to be experimenting with lots of things around you. And you need to have a biblical grasp of what your conscience will allow and what it won't. And I think even things that maybe your conscience would allow might not be the best idea in high school because it's just not a time for that to be the primary focus of a relationship. So I would just say be super, super, super set in your physical boundaries and be resolute that the cute football player is not going to talk you out of them. Mm. So that would be the last one I would tell high schoolers. But if we move on to college, I think first thing I would tell you guys in college is that one guy who just seems like he is the center of the universe slash campus isn't. He's not the center of the world. He may seem like it and he's so great and you have this newfound freedom because you're not having mom and dad drive you everywhere and you're off on your own and this guy just seems like he hung the moon. He didn't. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but what I'm saying is this is such a unique time in your life where you are an adult, but you also don't have, for the most part, usually a ton of responsibility. Your responsibility is still a school. Um, So use this time, expand your circles, make friends, invest in relationships. And, um, you know, everyone says you'll meet your husband in college or, you know, you're going to get your MRS degree or everybody told me that. And we clearly see how that works. Cliche you want to enter there, (laughs) but think of it this way. If you don't, don't look back on these years in college and wish you had done things differently. Live so that whether you meet him or not, you enjoy your college experience. You don't have any regrets because the last thing you want to do is look back on college and be like, wow, I went from chasing after one guy to the next, never got any of them and have no friends to show for it. Mm. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to have those regrets. And also with that in mind, as far as, you know, exactly what Bethany just said, there's this understood expectation that, oh, you're going to meet your husband in college don't feel like the first guy you date in college has to be that guy that he's gotta end up being your husband and if he's not then somehow you're a failure if you ended up breaking up with him or he broke up with you yeah because it's not true and just because a relationship ended doesn't mean either of you are failures. And to be really honest, I used to think this and I used to buy into the lie that every single failed relationship was a failure and Mm. that I was failing and, or that he failed or we both failed or whatever. And I will never forget Bethany saying it was on an episode too. We weren't even talking. She just said (laughs) this. She was like, I can consider a relationship successful and it still not work out. Mm. And at first I was like, what the crap is she talking about? (laughs) But the more she talked about it, she was like, you know, if I've learned more about myself and how I am in relationships, if I've learned more of what I'm looking for, if I've grown and matured as a person and as a follower of Christ as a result of this relationship, then I would consider that successful. And yeah, I may not end up with the guy, but there is good that has come out of it. And I'm not a failure just because it didn't work out. And you're not a failure either if your relationship doesn't work out. And if you don't marry the first guy you date at college. And especially if you're starting dating in college, you didn't really date in high school. 
not only are you just navigating dating the first time, but you're also navigating all that freedom, which can be a teensy bit overwhelming. (laughs) Um, So don't let the two of those really um, explode (laughs) to the point to where it's like, oh my gosh, I'll have all this freedom. So I'm going to go find my boyfriend and I'm going to marry him. And then, oh my gosh, it all crashes and burns. Like, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. You know, just again, one one guy at a time one relationship at a time if the first one works then great and if you date the same guy all four years of college awesome good for you and if you don't then that's fine too you're not better off one way or the other yeah and i would say on the flip side though don't date someone just to have someone to go out with even if everyone else is Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't you know date the guy that you would never date normally but you're like i really don't want to be by myself this weekend i want to have someone to go out and hang out with so okay yeah let's go out don't do that 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 just gets exhausting and you wouldn't (laughs) want to be that for somebody else true very good point yeah so don't yeah be gracious and sensitive towards other people's feelings treat people the way you want to be treated Where have i heard that before (laughs) (laughs) and then the last thing that i will say to our college Uh, rookie daters however we want to call them (laughs) this is the first time in your dating um age range whatever you want to call it where age is not as much of a factor so if you start dating in high school it's very different to date somebody who's in a different grade than you. Most of the time people try to stay either in their grade, maybe one above or one below. Very rarely do you see seniors dating freshmen um, in high school. And obviously there's a little bit more of a maturity gap in high school than there is in college. But don't be afraid to date somebody who is a different year or a different age than you when you get to college if you're a freshman and a senior asks you out girl go for it okay I dated senior and <laughs> when I was a freshman and I still take pride to this day that he told me after we started dating he was like we met on a mission trip so it was <laughs> very Christianese of us but he told me he was like I remember noticing you in our mission trip meetings before we left and he's like I thought you were really pretty but then I found out you were a freshman and I told myself going into this year <laughs> Because he was like a fifth year senior. Oh, so So he was was four years older than me. So he was like, I told myself I was not going to date a freshman. (laughs) And then two months later, we started dating. I was like, so, (laughs) and obviously it didn't work out, but that wasn't why. Yeah. And so really, um, it's okay for you to open your eyes to somebody who may be a few years older than you or even a couple years younger if you like are later in college Mm -hmm. age will not matter as much from this point on not that small in high school no Uh -uh. no not at all okay so let's move on to the post-college beginner dater that is a tough mouthful to get out yes it is say that five times um i was this person so I can speak from experience here. So the first thing I would tell someone is you are not weird. There are more people out there who didn't really date in high school and college than you think, even though you may feel like the only one. And the one thing I would tell you is please refer back to the very first thing we said of this whole episode. No one else knows as much about dating as you think they do, including the guy you're dating. So he may, you know, you like this guy and you're starting to date and he may have had his first girlfriend when he's a sophomore and he was 15 years old. 
don't be intimidated by that. He doesn't know as much about dating as you think he does. And I don't mean that as a slide on him. It's just how it is. Different ages and stages and every girl is different. Every guy is different. So he may have had five other girlfriends, but he's never dated you before. And so you're both beginners at dating each other. So that's a, I would have that mentality. Like you've both never dated each other before, unless you have, but we won't get into that. Another episode for another another, day. Another topic for another day. Anyway, so you're not weird. Don't feel like you are. And then on the heels of that, just because you may feel quote unquote behind in your head or according to some arbitrary timeline that someone has placed on you, that doesn't mean you should lower your standards and settle for the first single male you see. And I think this is specifically this post-college age because this is the first time where you could legitimately meet someone, date them, and then get married within a year. In high school, that's not going to happen. In college, it could. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's unlikely. Like, that's a tough, you know, place to try to add something else on, like a wedding. So this is the first time where it's like, oh, there's not really any reason to not pursue marriage, you know, explicitly, I guess you could say. Um, So just because you feel behind, don't let that be the reason that you're like, okay, well, I'll start chipping away at my standards or my list of non-negotiables because I need to hurry up and get married. This is not the time for that. Mm -mm, Not at all. And in that too, if you're getting into your first relationship after college, don't feel the need to compare your first relationship with your friend's first relationship if theirs was in a different stage. So true. So for instance, if your best friend had her first boyfriend in high school and you got your first boyfriend when you were 25, those are going to look extremely different. So to give you an example, when you're in high school or even in college to some extent, you're communicating with your boyfriend constantly. That's 24-7 texting. You see them pretty much every day. You're in class together all the time. And you talk pretty much nonstop. You know, you're talking until you have to put your phone up before you go to bed if you're <laughs> one of those people. But when you are out of college, you both have jobs. You both have work schedules. You both have other things you've committed to. That communication is going to be a little bit more sporadic. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. It doesn't mean that either of you are less invested, that you don't want to talk to each other, that you're not prioritizing each other. It just looks different based on your season of life. And so don't think that you're doing something wrong or you're not progressing as quickly as you should be. If you are starting your first relationship at a different point in your life than your best friend did. So just keep that in mind. Just like Bethany was saying, you don't compare your first relationship to his, the guy you're with. Same goes for your friends. And then the last thing I will say to our post-college people, and then we'll wrap up, is based on Bethany's favorite mantra of (laughs) don't date in a bubble – Post-college, this is going to be the most freedom you will have when it comes to choosing who you date because you're totally on your own. Obviously, high school, most time, parents are extremely involved. College, they're still somewhat involved, especially if they're paying for your tuition. (laughs) Um, But when you're, you know, a self-sufficient adult, it is your choice completely of who you're with. That doesn't mean that you should write off outside counsel. Mm -hmm. If anything, you should welcome it more because one, you're finally at a place in your life where you realize the value of what your parents are saying. Like what do they say? When you turn 25, your parents automatically get a lot smarter. (laughs) 
<laughs> because you're like, oh, they knew what they were talking about the whole time. And I just didn't appreciate it. <laughs> you know, parents, mentors, your boss, I don't care, your friends, whoever. Really be intentional about inviting those people in as you're dating because it can be so easy to isolate yourself at this point in your life mm-hmm. because you can and you have the freedom to and you have the chance to just put your blinders on and go after whoever it is you want to without anybody telling you who you can and can't date. But it doesn't mean you should do that. So really, really make a point to, you know, if you're starting to date a guy, bring him around your friends. Be like, hey, guys, what y'all, what do y'all think? Like, do you like him? Is he, are there any red flags? You know, you obviously will probably take a little longer to bring him to your parents and stuff like that because that carries another weight. But get him around the people that you know love you, that care about you, that know you well, and take what they say to heart. Yeah. Completely agree. Don't date in a bubble. I tried to say it once. Okay. (laughs) Okay, guys. We will wrap up there. I hope that has been helpful. Um, We've been... Like I said, I was more on that post-college dating side. Kristen did date through high school and college more. So we have a, a wide range of experience. And most of these things kind of come from, hey, I wish someone would have said this to me. So we're saying it to you. Um, so yeah, that is what we have for today. If you did find something today that was helpful or that you enjoyed, tell a friend about us. Um, that is one of the best ways to continue to grow our looking for the middle family. And we would so love to have your friends be our friends. So pass this on to someone else. If something was helpful for you today, have them follow us on Instagram and YouTube for that matter. Um, we are at LFTM underscore podcast and we love hanging out with you guys there. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps it up for today. We will be back next Wednesday with another episode. I don't know what we're talking about. Do you? I don't either. I don't remember. Oh, well, it'll be a surprise to all of us. You'll find out then. So until then, I'm Bethany. And I'm Kristen. And this is Looking for the Middle.